3: hello and welcome to this week's must hear music podcast we have a very exciting special edition up ahead of us um, i'm joined by not two but three of my co-workers at billboard we have jason Lipshutz. hey man erica ramirez hey guys and must-hear music first-timer Andrew Flanagan. Hello. Affectionately known as Flan around the office. Yeah,
2: you think, guys are really creative.
4: I don't think I got that welcome when I first appeared. Young Flanning.
3: But you were on the very first one, so oh, it true. wouldn't have made sense. I'll, I'll let you have And a you have your in. own podcast That is true. Awesome. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Jeez. Tell just, how you feel. She literally
1: just wants to shout out the Juice podcast. Like, <laughs> in fact, I am on my own podcast. <laughs> the Juice. Every week on Gober.com. Thanks,
3: guys. You should be getting every Juice podcast Guest, be like, I'm thrilled to be here. I have a special <laughs> guest myself. I think I'm gonna start doing that. Um, anyways, so so yeah, we have a lot of things to talk about. I think uh, let let's start with the one that was probably most exciting. I think to three of the four people <laughs> who will be talking yeah. about so, it. Obvious. Three um, the four people that listened that listened to it uh, <laughs> is so Bjork has an album out that just came totally by surprise. I mean, we knew an album was on the way, but. It dropped kind of out of the blue. No one was expecting it this early. It dropped because there was a leak, um, and now we have like nearly an hour of new Bjork music. Or is it fifty nine minutes? Fifty nine minutes. Yes. Do you remember uh, what was
1: that? Oh, of course.
3: That's creepy. Let's yeah. So it. it's called Volnicaura, um, and Jason, why don't you wrote a nice piece about it online? Why don't you want to tell oh, us? Oh man,
4: well, what was your favorite part? <laughs> my favorite part of the new <laughs> Bjork
3: album. No,
1: I listen as I'm the Bjork head of my friends and family, I suppose, and coworkers. and co-workers. No, I mean, you guys also really love Bjork, yeah. so I can't I can't even say that. But, like, I'm, I'm just a huge Bjork fan, and, yeah, I mean, this album was supposed to come out in March, and I was super excited about it, and then it leaked online, and I was like, whoa, that sucks, and then it arrived this week, and I was like, oh, it doesn't suck anymore. So, I, um, yeah, I've listened to this album a lot. And my first impressions were that it was it was very slow and gorgeous and sad, and now the slowness doesn't even bother me anymore. Just because it's it's just so devastating. It's obviously it's a breakup album. It it chronicles her feelings pre breakup with her longtime partner Matthew Barney, and then post breakup, kind of finding some sort of reconciliation. And I mean, it's tough because there are. Björk albums that are more cohesive and and more boundary pushing in terms of sound but this is just a really personal album about some shit that she went through. So, I mean, it's it's definitely worth diving into. I've only listened to it well, I've only listened to it like five times in the last 36 hours, but I mean, you it's hard to to come up with like a judgment in terms of how this will rate in terms of her canon, but um I'm very happy with it. What do you guys think?
3: I, I think yeah, like you're right, it's especially with the Bjork album, you need some time to digest it and sit with yeah. it before you can kind of make that final estimation of it. But um but I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna say I like this one <laughs> a, a lot more than the last one by Ophelia. And I think that was that was an album I enjoyed, but like this is just it's a really affecting work and I think the melodies are a lot stronger and they're a lot subtler. Like it's definitely not you know, something you're going to listen and be, like, bobbing your head to. But it is, like, I've only listened to it, like, twice. And I probably have, like, three of the songs running through my head, like, throughout the last 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I think it just, like, it's
2: great. All yeah. I hear is, like, cello smoke and her ignoring time signatures throughout. It's, <laughs> it's lovely. Yeah, and
1: this is the first Bjork album, I would say, that she doesn't even attempt, like, a chorus. Like, there are choruses on here, but they they're not. No. She just skips to the hating instead. <laughs> What's the time period that it covers? Um, so in the digital booklet that comes with the wow. iTunes release. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm that. Is Google this thing. like your
4: Adele? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, she's definitely one of my favorite artists. She's like my Adele. Okay. She, yeah, she would definitely be in like my top five. But uh, in the digital booklet, it, it has... Um, along with every song it has the lyrics as well as for most songs it has like like the first song is called Stone Milker and it and it says underneath like a parenthetical nine months before which you assume like would be nine months before the breakup and then it's like two months before and then the ten minute diss track Black Lake which I wrote about yesterday is I think two months after so uh, emotions are still pretty raw and um, yeah it's about it, a full year it's about a full year and then I think the final Um, I'm not sure if it's the final track or the next to final track is like a year after so she's she's all she's all recovered So obviously this breakup didn't happen just before this album release Um, But I I assume you guys read that pitchfork interview she had yesterday where like she was just like crying like talking about this uh, breakup so obviously stuff is, is still pretty real. I saw work.
2: one excerpt from that where she's like, please help me with this. And she's like asking the interviewer, Jessica Hopper, to like, just help me because yeah. she's overwhelmed by emotion. I would, I would
1: know, I know. And the th- it's so funny because last her last project, Biophilia... <laughs> My last project by by was the exact opposite, which was a meditation on nature and technology that like literally tried to capture the whole universe. Like, there's a song called Moon, and there's like
2: that's like her app album.
1: Yeah, it's her app album, and it's the total opposite of it. It's it's not that it wasn't personal, but it it's intentionally impersonal, and this is the total opposite.
3: Yeah, and I think that's why I like this one better. Like Biophilia was just like such a studied like artistic statement, like very planned, you yeah. know? I mean, the idea that you're going to write an album about nature and geography and geology like is you know, that's a very like slightly pretentious project, I would say, like <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. no matter how you cut it. Um and you know, like a breakup album is something that everyone, you know, probably over the age of 16 can relate to. And, you know, while certainly, like we've said, not the most accessible music, like, if you're a Bjork fan, um, this is, like, her strongest work in years.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, it's funny how she tried to do so much with the last album, and with the app, and with the live shows. I don't know if any of you guys saw the live shows, but they were, they were like, residencies yeah. in certain cities. It was insane. And I feel like something got lost in translation, <laughs> and... <laughs> and um, it, it's funny because I, I listened... At, at one point, I was listening to the new album, and then I went back to Vesper Team, which is my favorite Bjork album, and which is basically her sex album. Like, if Bjork
2: is, a, you know... Oh, took yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. a She doesn't just have sex, though. She, like, puts on butterfly wings and, like... And just... hangs <laughs> from the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, there's no physical she, contact. Yeah, she, she turns uh, into uh, a chrysalis. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's it's just an unbelievable album uh, that it came out in like 2001, I think. And yeah, it's just interesting to contrast them where that one is so warm and so intimate. And this one is just like, it's, it's personal, but it's also kind of icy. Like I said, like I called Black Lake a 10-minute diss track because that's exactly what it is. It's like she's taking aim at her longtime partner and it's just like... Like, did I give you enough love? And it's just like that kind of it's like a, almost like sneering for ten minutes. It's, it's kind of terrifying.
2: She sounds like a clinger. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, is it wrong of me to say like thirty percent of the reason I listen to her is to hear her roll her Rs?
0: No, that's uh, that's <laughs> totally fair, and she rolls that's, a lot of her. That's Rs. one of the many delights of Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Um
3: Well, let's let's listen to some of that. So uh, let's yeah let's listen to part of the diss. So. Uh, this is Black Lake Bjork from Volnakura.
4: You betrayed your own heart
2: Corrupted that
1: gone.
3: Alright that was Bjork. Um, let's talk about the DJ Mustard. How do, how do remake... we even
4: follow that up with like Anything. Wait,
2: did you want to say anything about Bjork?
3: No, before
4: but we I, like now we're gonna talk about DJ Mustard. I'm like, it just feels wrong. I'm oh. sorry, Jaga. I'm
3: sorry. Well, we we don't need to. We can we can hit Slater Kinney first if you want to. No, no, uh... no.
4: I just it's crazy. I'm
3: all right, all right. Let's. So yeah. So <laughs> DJ Mustard remixed Beyonce's 711. He did. That is an Erica pick. Why don't you talk about? It?
4: Um, uh, DJ Mustard made me like this. Um, Beyoncé song, which I at first listening did not really like it.
3: I was surprised you didn't like it. Why why so I thought it was a fun song. I mean not great, but I think it's
4: just a little too kind of cheesy and repetitive for Beyonce. Fair. And just kind of sounded like a throwaway, which probably was. That's why she like, mm-hmm. dropped it for the Right it was like know, on deluxe the, the deluxe edition. Right. And I think that mustard came in and kind of gave it its feet that it should have. It kinda of goes along with how crazy Beyoncé sounds on the song. So, I mean, that's pretty much kind of why it's really addictive to me. It's just he kind of matched up with what she was saying and doing. Um, but, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Glenn, did you hear? Did yep. you must- Okay. <laughs> What's she talking about? Um, uh, Having her feet and her hands up is pretty much what she talks about okay. so over and over and over again. I can relate. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you- <laughs> pretty, I mean, yeah, pretty pretty good.
1: Take on the song? I, I I didn't really have strong feelings on it one way or the other.
4: So you hate DJ Mustard is what you're saying? I hate DJ
1: Mustard. No, of course not. <laughs> Come on. He made I'm different. Like that's like my that's anthem. Very true. <laughs> um, really? <no. laughs> what if it was? Like what if at my wedding in like eight months I just walk out to I'm different? Yeah, I'm different. Anyway, um Yeah, it's <laughs>
0: Let's get this dinner party started. Vanessa's gonna be so upset. I
4: know, I know.
1: Um, <laughs> what I will say about walk this out to black like what yeah, ten minutes. There would York be no chair. wedding. The wedding would stop. Oh my <laughs> god, that'd be that'd be insane. Um I'm not gonna do either of those things at my wedding. Uh, I uh yeah, this is it, this is, Seven Eleven is definitely a Beyoncé track that seems like it was made for a deluxe edition. Right. And sounds that's like, not it a, sounds like
4: a throwaway record. Yeah. The, the video made it a little bit more endearing. Right. Yeah. You know, because everyone loves a uh, down-to-earth Beyoncé, but it just, I don't know, I think it was a little too What did Mustard do to change it? I mean, it just m- matches, like, the energy. Okay. I don't think the energy of the beat before yeah, be matched up. Yeah, you put up.
3: a much better beat on it. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I th- I did like the original, but this version is much better, like, to the point where I almost wish, like, this had been the actual version.
4: Yeah. Um, she could come out with another deluxe version with just the beat. Exactly. Master.
3: Yeah, well, she hasn't put out a five-disc <laughs> edition of her album yet, so...
4: That may be in the oh my works.
3: Now. Yeah,
1: 7-Eleven is actually doing really well on the Hot 100 too. I think it's in the top 20 now, so it's like a legitimate hit. Huh.
3: Yeah, I
4: That's think the video strange. definitely helped. I think also. the video,
3: yeah, buoys it's it a very lot. Very playful. Um, but yeah, so let's listen to it. Beyonce 7-Eleven remixed the new and improved version by DJ Mustard. <laughs> All right, that was DJ Mustard remixing Beyonce. Um, next up, we're going to talk Slater Kinney. So we rhapsodized about their return, I think maybe a month or two ago, whenever uh, the first song dropped. Yeah. I think that was like November. I don't really yeah. remember. Anyway, so the full album is out. No Cities to Love. Um, yeah. It's, I'm just going to say briefly, <laughs> I've always... This is a history
4: lesson. <laughs> I always get a history lesson in the mystery.
3: Right, so so a little history lesson. I uh, <laughs> I
1: would say
4: Slater is
1: a lot like Drake.
4: Shut up! Like also, are <laughs> more of a <laughs> Sam a Smith <laughs> Anyways,
3: uh, Joe, anyways, sorry, so th- go they ahead. took an extended hiatus during which Carrie Brownstein got much more famous uh, than she ever was in Slater Kinney by doing Portlandia. Is
1: let me? I'm sorry to interrupt. Is mm-hmm. Carrie Brownstein like famous? Like, do
3: people know? I mean, she's done, like, every late-night talk show, so I feel like, okay, by so virtue is, of that, okay. like, people know who she is. I was
1: thinking about that, like, if people, like, know, like, I know Sleater Kinney fans know that she was uh, in Portlandia, but, like, I, I wonder if, like, people, like, casual music fans are like, oh, hey, that's the girl from Portlandia in that rock band now.
2: It's definitely generational, you know? Yeah. I still think of her as Sleater Kinney.
1: Right. You know, the one with the bad voice and Slater-Kinney.
3: <laughs> Aww. Poor <laughs> Carrie. The funny one. The funny one.
2: Um, yeah, I, I
3: guess too. I can't speak to like what the, the average person looks at it as, although <laughs> there was a magazine that referred to Slater-Kinney as Portland's best-kept secret. Yeah. Oh, um, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was our magazine. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, oh, really? that, was, that was a very questionable choice. Mm. Well. Good headline. <laughs> Here's okay, a here's so a little band you might have heard of. <laughs> yeah, I did. Write that. No, um, I write that. Anyways though. So yeah, so th- they're back from their hiatus. Um, this does not pick up where the Woods left <laughs> off. The Woods was a combination of like these really stomping Zeppelin riffs and then some uh, much melodic like pretty fair. This is more back to kind of what they started out doing. Uh, you, you know, this record could have come out in the 90s that's not to say that it doesn't sound relevant like it sounds really fresh it sounds incredible um but this is very much like classic vintage slater kinney and i think like in terms of songwriting and melodies like this is some of their best stuff like maybe three songs on the album are already amongst some of my favorite slater kinney songs
2: well it's like i, I don't know they, they lost a lot of the like noodling guitar stuff and just it's all very economical you know it reminds me of the woods more than Pre one beat stuff mm-hmm. by far, you know. Um, just seems like they cut everything down to the essential parts and turned everything way up,
3: right? And yeah, and it's only like a half hour, but it feels like it doesn't feel like a slight album, it feels very complete, totally.
1: Man, it's just, I, it's crazy to me that they, it's first of all, it's so refreshing that they came back and there's so much like at least internet hype about them coming back. Like, people, I'm not sure. How well this album will sell, and we were talking about this in the office a little bit, but it's there's definitely like having a moment, especially because it's January and, and the release schedule is a little slow right now, so people are really focused on Sleater Kinney. Like, it's, it's crazy to me that Spin did like a list of all of the Sleater Kinney songs ranked, and it's just like, I mean, that part of that is that there's it's kind of a slow period, and like we can focus more on Sleater Kinney. Mm-hmm. The, the great thing is that they totally deliver with this album like this album is incredible like it's so good and I say that as someone who really liked Kinney when they were when they were together um but didn't like love them i I was not ne- like they were never my favorite band but they like I definitely had an appreciation for them and now that like they've come back I feel like this whole new generation is going to discover them and be like oh they have like six great albums and this might be one of their best honestly
2: I was really worried that Corin Tucker's voice wasn't going to hold up like if you remember the last song one beat like she just Mm -hmm. fucking wails it's amazing Yeah, and it like didn't go anywhere which was a huge relief to me because she's the whole reason I listen to that band
3: yeah I mean they have just an incredible chemistry they all bring something great to it um, I will. I will say. Sorry. Oh. Jill, I will just quickly say.
1: I mean, I'm sad that like there's more and more festival lineups that they're not on that are coming out. Like, I want. I want to see Sleater-Kinney at a bunch of music festivals this I year. I feel like
3: maybe it's because they're like writing a massive tour and it's too hard to like work around festivals. They're but but, but I agree. Vera.
0: They're I going like like to Primavera. That's the
1: one I've seen so festivals. far. <laughs> and but like, I, I like. They're, that's like pr- like this album is perfect. Like four o'clock at a festival music like I, you know, just and like sunset yeah exactly yeah. like you're just like oh you got like a sausage sandwich and you're walking <laughs> wait, around wait, what? <laughs> and you're just like oh wow Sleater Kinney's about to start and you go in the back of the crowd and you just like listen to Sleater Kinney as the, the sun. most
2: anti-feminist
1: i choice. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I like sausage sandwiches what <laughs> can I say? <laughs> a pulled pork sandwich, sandwich. Are they playing Coachella? They're not playing Coachella okay. or Governor's Ball or Bonnaroo so
3: anyway just, so this explains why the other day when I looked over at you working, you had your headphones on. You were rocking out with a sausage sandwich in your hand. <laughs> That's what's going on. As I
2: normally do. I can yeah. count on one hand the times that I've seen Jason without
1: a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm literally double fisting sausage sandwiches
2: as fucking we constantly can. Yeah. unbelievable disgusting. But I could, you know, She's we
3: get leftovers. Anyway. Yeah. Um, anyways, one thing before we move on, I do want to ask. If you had to, and we usually we usually don't do this, I hate to pit people against each other, but just because <laughs> they came out, Slater-Kinney or Bjork album, which is your favorite so far? Uh, probably
1: Slater-Kinney. What? Yeah. I, I just think it's a better album. Like, this Bjork, I, I love Bjork, and I really like this Bjork album. It's not, like, her best album, but... It's like I think this Slater Kinney album might be like one of their two or three best albums.
2: It's kind of apples to oranges, but mm. I'd, i would mean—it seems like an easily an equal amount of work went into both records. Mm-hmm. I would go Slater Kinney as well, though. I
3: think I'm leaning towards that too. Yeah, even
2: though I really love
3: the Bjork, but I have to say, like, I'm imagining that I will still be listening to Slater Kinney, the new one, over and over, like eight months from now. I'm not, like, I'll probably listen to Bjork, you know, like, four or five times, and then maybe get a rest. Do you think it's because you're
2: so happy that they're back?
3: Do you think that's weighing? I think, honestly, I think that was influencing my extreme excitement a couple months ago, but that for sure wore off, especially because, like, they have just been seeing them covered by every website constantly. (laughs) True. Um, The thing that really got me excited again was just that there are such strong songs on this, um, you know, like Jason said, I think this is probably one of their best. Yeah. So, All right, so let's listen to uh, the first track off of Slater-Kinney's No Cities to Love. It's called Price Tag. That was Slater Kinney. Next up, let's let's talk about something Erica can share in (laughs) and enjoy. Uh, no, so one Frank... day
4: I'm going to surprise you oh and listen that'd, that'd to all be this be the music greatest music. thing ever and do can, my and research.
3: Eric's gonna come in and be like, I want to talk about every The Fall album. Oh my gosh. Once Piss
2: Jeans has a new record, I'll walk you
4: through oh their entire discography. Oh my gosh. I don't, I'm never mind. Let's stick to Frank Ocean.
3: <laughs> okay, so Frank Ocean uh, covered Aaliyah by the way, by way of the Isley brothers. Um, you talk about it. This oh. <laughs> is <uses> your pick. <laughs> Toss it to you. Um, who is all of those? <laughs> who is all of
4: those? What are you talking about? What? Um, yes. So, as Joe was saying, uh, Frank Ocean covered Leah's song by way of Isley Brothers. Yeah.
3: At Your Best, You Are Love.
4: There the you go. Song. Thank you. Um, let's see. Why did I choose this song? I think that Frank Ocean is mostly known, not to say he's not a great singer, but he's not one of the best. I think he's a pretty amazing songwriter. Mm hmm. So I think the reason that Elisa's song stood out for to me is that you could actually really hear Frank Ocean's vocals. We also haven't had like a song by Frank Ocean that's at this length and also can really hear him sing in a quite a long time. I mean, you know, Channel Orange came out two years ago now. Um, three so years ago now, right? Three years ago? Was it 2000? 2000... It 2012. 12. I
2: think it's two years ago. Two and a half.
4: And maybe three, know. right? This year. Well. Yeah.
2: Because
4: I saw him at ATP two and a half. Uh, Joe's Google Google can solve right this now. question
2: very easily.
3: But um, yeah,
4: I mean, it was just refreshing to hear his vocals, which is something that people have talked about. Um, three
3: years old. That was right. 2012. Is three years
4: old. Yes. Um, hmm. I hear. It's, it's a long time. I hear that the new album is done. It is now in other people's hands to give it to us. Really? So, so the album yes. is
3: complete, and uh, From what I that's hear, awesome. the album
4: is complete.
3: I'm very, very excited for this album. But knowing
4: Frank Ocean or knowing whose ever hands it is in, we're not really quite sure when that's coming out. I think it's like a Kanye situation where it could drop at any moment. I don't think he's one to care for a marketing plan.
2: I thought he was very particular.
4: Um, I, I think it's that in regards to Def Jam. I think he's always kind of had okay. something against Def Jam since they kind of you know, shelved them in the beginning of his career. I don't think he is particular as to like specific time or rollout or anything like that. I know the listening sessions for Channel Orange were all Def Jam behind that, so I'm excited. I'm excited to hear more of his voice than just his songwriting, so then that could also be praised as well. But um, it was just a great song to also cover. Like It actually does fit him pretty well.
3: Yeah, I would say, I mean, for the reasons you were saying, it's just nice to hear like a new Frank Ocean song even though it's a cover so it's not like he wrote it but it's just like we've only heard what was that like one minute song memorized previewed from the album which was good but you know it was a a snippet, kind of a sketch of a song Mm -hmm. so it's just nice to have a new Frank Ocean song I mean it's not like life-changing I'm Guessing it won't be on the album. Probably prefer it's not on the album,
4: oh, but
3: job. but it's yeah, it's nice. It's a nice uh, yeah. I think cover. No, I
4: think it'd be a little weird to have it on the album. It's yeah. like a random cover right
3: on there. Um, do you have thoughts on this, Jason? No thoughts. No, no. I haven't right. heard it. No. Well, let's uh, let's listen to it now, then. So been Frank, too busy. I was listening to that New album. If I was told
2: it would be disgusting. yeah.
3: Um, so yeah, Frank Ocean covering Isley Brothers' At Your Best You Are Love, uh, as a tribute to Aaliyah, because she also covered the song.
1: But at your best, you are love. You're a positive motivating force within my life. If you ever feel the need.
3: That was Frank Ocean. Next and last, let's talk about Erica's favorite new band, Viet Cong. No idea. Um, yeah, you picked their name, right? No idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so Viet Cong's uh, self-titled me. debut is out this month, and I've only listened to it once, but I love it. I can't wait to listen to it over and over and over. Um, the track that stuck out to me was March of Progress. It had kind of like a like a psychedelic 60s British throwback vibe. Which just kind of surprised me because Silhouettes, the preview of the album, was, like, so post-punk. Yeah. Um, I kind of just thought, it was like, oh, this will be another, like, great kind of retro post-punk album. But the sound of the album is all over the place. And I mean that in, like, the best possible way. Yeah. Like, it is not a repetitive album. It's very inventive. Yeah, like, they go mm. between so many different sounds. And it's just, like, this is a really impressive debut. Like, I can't remember the last time I was so impressed by the first album from a rock band.
2: Yeah, yeah. Bunker Buster is amazing. I was, I, like, Jesus Lizard's Monkey Trick is like my I, platonic ideal of a what perfect song. What the
4: fuck, what kind
0: of?
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's just throwing words together. <laughs> yeah. I
2: so I wanted this to <laughs> lean more that way. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, I didn't think about
1: Jesus Lizard.
2: Oh yeah, I'm totally. Just... Well they get that thump going and then they bring in like the weird velvet underground mm-hmm. kind of, like, guitar play stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because to a lot. <laughs> uh, Tom Brehan of uh, Stereogum wrote a, a really great piece about Viet Cong. And what he said was that obviously Viet Cong, two of the members come from the band Women, uh, which disbanded in 2010, and then this they kind of rose from the ashes, and now they're in this band. And he made an interesting comparison comparing um, Women to Joy Division, and then this, like Viet Cong, is like the new order, like kind mm. of the more... Like, not cohesive, but, like, more of the, uh, like, definitely more accessible second project after those first two albums. And I totally agree with him. And I, you know, as someone who personally uh, appreciates New Order's music more than Joy Division's music, I really just found, I, I find this album just so... Enthralling, Like, I just, it's its so cool how many moves it has. It's not an album with just one gimmick or one trick that it keeps going over and over. It explores so many different things in the span of, it's like only like seven songs, right? And it, mm-hmm. it covers so much territory. Um, yeah, this. Is, I mean, it's just been a great month for guitar
3: rock. Like I was going to say that too, like for kind of a, 2014 was a bit of a down year for yeah. rock. And just within one month already, we've had some just incredible guitar rock music. Yeah. let's listen to uh, the track I mentioned, "Mark of Progress," "March of Progress." Um, this is off of Viet Cong's self-titled
0: debut.
3: All right, that was Viet Cong. Um, That's all we've got for this podcast. I am thankful for Andrew Flanagan for stopping by. It was great to have you here. And as always, thank you, Erica and Jason. (laughs) Hey, of course. Um, And thanks to people who have been tweeting at me music recommendations. I always appreciate hearing new stuff. Uh, So, yeah, have a good week. We'll catch you next time.
0: (laughs)